calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Bloody Sunday. So grab your peaceful march. And let's get civical. everybody hello everyone welcome back to let's get civical i am of course lizzie stewart and i am arden walentowski and it's march it's our first recording session in march oh hello of 2023 oh hello where january and february went i could not even tell you they're in the same place as the new york snow which is nowhere and bye bye it's gone gone it's gone we had that little that little snow mm-hmm. moment earlier this week last week whenever it was you tell me time <laughs> is a social construct and but now it is no longer snowy no and i i mean i don't think we'll ever get it no like a full i can there's like to me like a now a 50 50 chance that we get like a late crazy like nor'easter thing right but it's like the it's just dwindling. It's just you know? yeah. It just the, the closer it gets to where there's just more consistently warmer weather because the ground will be warm. Right. Apparently, we have to go to California if you want snow. That's right. That's right. Shout out to our West Coast girlies who are covered in snow. Yeah. Everything's wild. Everything's wild. So crazy. Up is down. Down is up. But you know what's constant? This show. The fact that we're here, that you've shown up time and time again on your Wednesdays or your Thursdays or literally whatever day you're listening on. We appreciate you showing up. 
Um, I'm going to do the thing that I always forget to do, except once every, let's call it eight episodes, where I remind people that you can rate and review and subscribe to us at the top of the episode. <laughs> and find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical and talk to us. Tell us if you want to hear an episode about something. What are you curious about? We'll probably what do, do it. What do you want to learn? We'll, yeah. we'll absolutely do it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I always forget to say that. And now I'm being, I'm being good. You're so good. I'm dotting You're my I's good. and crossing my T's today. Yep. Boop, boop, cross off. But the topic for today is... She a little one, heavy. She's heavy. Yeah. She's he- so it's like very in contrast of last week's episode, which yes. weirdly was a crime, but it wasn't, didn't feel heavy. Maybe because no. so much time has passed. I don't yes. know. There's yeah. something about it that didn't feel heavy. But this one is definitely heavy, but it's also, I think it's heavy because it still feels so uh, relevant. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this this could happen today. This has happened in our lifetime. Like, right. This, you know, we're talking about a specific event, obviously called Bloody Sunday. But Bloody Sunday happens a lot, especially in this country. Happens a lot. Um, It's called One Name is Bloody Sunday, the March on Selma, mm-hmm. the events on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Mm-hmm. However you want to call her. Yeah. Um, it was an important, important moment in history. Very. And uh, one that I feel, especially when we talk about the education system in this country, like I definitely didn't learn about Bloody Sunday or the march on like the the march in Selma, the, the Edmund Pettus Bridge was not in any focal point of my education in Texas, which is not it's it's not surprising, right? Because obviously, but it's also like this happened in the South, and the South is not fully teaching this event. No, No. and if it is, it's like being lumped in with like, you know, here's here's your two week course on the you know civil rights movement, and there's the Selma marches, there's the civil rights acts, there's Martin Luther King and him getting shot, and like it's all compacted, and nobody gives the actual space that it deserves. Like this is its own event that requires its own analysis and discussion and that's what we're gonna do today we're gonna do today yeah i think i learned about it i mean i I heard of it and learned a little bit about it but definitely it wasn't until the movie came out that i was like oh right this is a thing oh i had no idea that it was this kind of a story or this big of a story or this pivotal of a moment Right. Because it had such an impact. Yeah. And yet it's like it's like we learn about the things that it caught, like the effects that it caused. But we don't talk about the source of the events that came after it, you know, like. Right. It's I just feel like it gets or at least for me and my experience with education growing up was totally removed from the equation. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm like, this is a pivotal moment. <laughs> right. Is... There was, and there was a before and there is an after. So you have to talk, yeah. like, let's talk about the whole timeline. The whole timeline, which we're yeah. going to do. We're going to do. Which we're going to do. Yeah. But before we do, do you want to talk about the sources? My God, I literally thought you would never ask. I know. Um, I don't think you've ever asked me that question. I've before. never asked you that once in your no. life. No. Brand new day. The sources we have four National mm. Geographic. 
Love. PBS. Some good little snippets from PBS. The White House archives, specifically the Obama White House archives, because the Mm -hmm. anniversary happened when he was president. Yep. I think it was, uh, like, I mean, it happens every year, the anniversary, but, um, but like, the big, I think it was the 50th. Yeah, that was a big one. I remember that. Yeah. And History.com had a lot of great information about the actual movements and happenings of that day. Love it. All right, let's jump into the details. So what what is Bloody Sunday? What was Bloody Sunday? And here we go. On March 7th, 1965, police, state troopers, and a citizen, quote, posse, violently attacked civil rights marchers attempting to cross the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. More than 15 marchers were hospitalized for injuries suffered in an event known as Bloody Sunday, The marchers organized by the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or the SCLC, and the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the SNCC, were attempting to walk from Selma to Montgomery, which is Alabama's capital. The Selma to Montgomery march was intended to draw attention to the violations of civil and voting rights in Alabama and throughout the South. Americans across the nation watched footage of peaceful protesters beaten until they were bloody and injured, and, as in the case of the legendary John Lewis, suffered concussions. And we did talk, I think we did bring this up when we um, did our episode on John Lewis. Oh, yeah. Which is a great pairing to this. Yeah, yeah. um, Which we did, I believe, right after he passed. I don't think it was before he passed. But... Little tidbit was John Lewis, who at that point was 25 years old, led over 600 marchers across the bridge in Selma, Alabama, and faced brutal attacks by oncoming state troopers. This footage of the violence collectively shocked the nation and galvanized the fight against racial injustice. So this is like, it's so, history repeats itself in such a obvious way Yeah. of there are the, the, the police brutality caught on film shocks the nation into action and then it dies down until the next time we see footage of police brutality shocking the nation to galvanize it into action i mean it's just like like the it's exhausting it's exhausting yeah so that's the details you know that's that's the let's call it play by play talk to me about how we got to this event, how we got to the Selma to Montgomery march that was supposed to happen, which led to Bloody Sunday. Yes. So the passage of the landmark Civil Rights Act of 1964, which had been months earlier, had done little in some parts of Alabama to ensure that African-Americans had the basic right to vote. Perhaps no place was Jim Crow's grip tighter than in Dallas County, Alabama, where African-Americans made up more than half the population It accounted for just 2% of registered voters. That sounds like a big discrepancy. Sure. I feel like we are due an episode about Jim Crow laws, like an overview of Jim Crow laws. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't think we've ever... It comes up so often when we do episodes, especially centering around this era. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had guests on who have talked about like... Mm -hmm their work to overturn modern era Jim Crow laws. Yeah. 
For months, the efforts of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee to register Black voters in the county seat of Selma had been thwarted. In January of 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. came to this city and gave the backing of the Southern Christian Leadership Council to the cause. So, in response, peaceful demonstrations in Selma and surrounding communities resulted in the arrests of thousands, including Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote to the New York Times, quote, This is Selma, Alabama. There are more Negroes in jail with me than there are on the voting rolls. The rising racial tensions finally bubbled over into bloodshed in the nearby town of Marion on February 18, 1965, when state troopers clubbed protesters and fatally shot 26-year-old Jimmy Lee Jackson, an African-American demonstrator trying to protect his mother, who was being struck by police. According to Marion civil rights organizer Albert Turner, he said, quote, The idea of a march from Selma came from the desire to go to Montgomery with Jimmy Jackson, take his body, and lay it on the steps of the Capitol. Close quote. The SCLC planned a march to Montgomery for Sunday, March 7, 1965, but George Wallace, who's the governor, swore to stop it. I want to, you know how we have like best friends of the show? You know, we have like, we kind of have like an ongoing list of people who are friends of the show. Oh, we have enemies. I want a list of enemies of the show. And I want George Wallace at the top. At the fucking top. Because I am so, at the tippy top. At the tippy top. Because at bare minimum, I just don't understand, like, like, go, he, like, he just must have been, like, I mean, incredibly racist and all of those things in that sphere of words, but also just, like, angry and bored. Like, don't you have something better to do? Why is this the thing? Like, I can't imagine being so angry at something like this that I'm like, I'm going to stop you from walking across a bridge well it's it's like i mean just contextualize it into modern day like i would make the argument you know first thing off the top of my head is like why are you so bothered like don't you have something better than do than to prevent women from having abortion access you know what i mean like it's because i feel like this he he was empowered by not only other government officials but like all the way all the way up the government totem pole because at this point right the his sentiments were echoed in the highest realms of the government but also by his voters he's yeah like, he is representing people who want him to be a strong arm and so right. it becomes like his the whole thing yeah. like that's it, it, he he has his success off of right he's carrying out the will of the people who don't want Correct. Black people and Selma and in the South and in general to have the right to vote. And this is somebody, I mean, George Wallace didn't just like wake up one day and was like, I am going to go after the black man. Like this is his whole life. This is his whole upbringing. It's like you can see the, the trail of racism and, you know, just diabolical thinking. Yeah. From his family to the family before him, like this is a systemat this is a systematic injustice. The fact that this man is in power and is able right. to do these things, right? And it's the whole, and it's, like the entire nation it's is his, to blame. It's his like a core belief that he operates on. Like, yeah, I think yeah. like when we talk about these things, sometimes it feels like go read a book, go do something else, go you know like, but 
it misses the point that these are fundamental core beliefs to yeah these individuals just like we have our own and like you know not i'm not saying that yeah. you know i'm not equating races and non racists but i'm just saying like these are it's not like a you know, a fleeting thought or like, a, oh, it's Saturday. No, what should I do today? it's thoughts that he's been empowered by and re- have been reinforced upon him in every area of his life since he was born. Yeah. yeah. It's his, it's you know, that this is, this is how you treat black people. Mm-hmm. And this is what they deserve. Right. Like, that's just the whole and, 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 and his family before him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it goes all the way back. It goes all the way back. And that's why he's at the top of our shit list. Shit list. Shit list. Number one, George Wallace, congratulations. We literally built an enemies list for you. For you. So they're going to walk across the bridge. George Wallace has sworn to stop it. Civil rights leaders plan to take their cause directly to Alabama Governor George Wallace on a 54-mile march from Selma to the state capital of Montgomery. And although Wallace ordered state troopers quote, to use whatever measures are necessary to prevent a march, close quote, approximately 600 voting rights advocates set out from the Brown Chapel AME Church on Sunday, March 7th. (sighs) George, 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 George. Not a fan. Big surprise. (laughs) I thought you would like George Wallace. I was so wrong. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think I would have to come out to Brooklyn and shake you. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. So that's what led to the march. Let's talk about the actual march itself. 54 miles, a lot of march. A lot of march to be had. So the demonstrators marched undisturbed through downtown Selma, where the ghosts of the past constantly permeated the present. As they began to cross the steel-arched bridge spanning the Alabama River, the marchers who gazed up could see the name of a Confederate general and reputed Grand Dragon of the Alabama KKK, Edmund Pettus, staring right back down at them in big block letters, emblazoned across the bridge's crossbeam. So here's where my, I mean, I have a lot of ignorance around this event. Oh, I had no idea that that was. I had no idea that Edmund Pettus was a former grand dragon of the KKK. Of the KKK. No, I had no idea. Once Lewis and Williams reached the crest of the bridge, they saw trouble on the other side. A wall of state troopers wearing white helmets and slapping billy clubs in their hands stretched across Route 80 at the base of the span. Behind them were deputies of County Sheriff Jim Clark, some on horseback, and dozens of white spectators waving Confederate flags and giddily anticipating a showdown. So it's it's like at one end of the bridge are the marchers, and yeah. on the other br- 
end of the bridge are the police, basically. Knowing a confrontation awaited, the marchers pressed on in a thin column down the bridge's sidewalk until they stopped about 50 feet away from the authorities. Major John Cloud called out from his bullhorn, quote, It would be detrimental for your safety to continue this march. This is an unlawful assembly. Not true. You have to disperse. You are ordered to disperse. Go home or go to your church. This march will not continue. Reverend Hosea Williams replied, quote, Mr. Major, I would like to have a word. Can we have a word? Hosea Williams and John Lewis stood their ground at the front line. After a few moments, the troopers, with gas masks affixed to their faces and clubs at the ready, advanced. So no discussion to be had. No discussion to be had. They're literally just walking, and the people who are leading them They're are like, can we have a conversation? Can we have a conversation? And uh, they're walking. They don't have um, weapons. They have also, no weapons. Very clear. <laughs> like yeah. they're literally walking. They're just walking. So the troopers pushed back John Lewis and Hosea Williams. Then their pace quickened. They knocked the marchers to the ground and struck them with sticks. Clouds of tear gas mixed with the screams of terrified marchers and the cheers of reveling bystanders. Deputies on horseback charged ahead and chased the gasping men women and children back over the bridge as they swung clubs, whips, and rubber tubing wrapped in barbed wire. Although forced back, the marchers did not fight back. I don't think barbed wire wrapped in rubber tubing is police, um, what's it called? Approved. Oh, weaponry. Weaponry? (laughs) No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but like, it's it's fucked up. It's obviously. fucked up. No, that's like that's not in a textbook. That's like you know, backyard I'm you know, going to make some weapons and because I'm angry right. and I don't want you to take what's mine because you don't deserve it. Kind of weaponry. Right. Like that's just yeah. grotesque. I think what's important to highlight and I'm sure has been highlighted many times over and almost feels obvious, but I still feel like we should say it is the the initial, um, I guess let's call it a reaction of the police was not to arrest. It was not to deescalate. It was simp- It was literally to beat. Like that was that was the first. Impulse, oh yeah, they weren't getting- was to inflict physical harm. Right, because their goal is to not let them cross the bridge. Like. If they get across right. the it bridge. It is not to, like, de-escalate. It's not to, like, break this thing up. It's literally, we're gonna... And and it wasn't uncommon. And, and I think that's what's hard when you're talking about this in this sort of modern sense. It's like, it, this wasn't uncommon. Yeah. So the police force and their supports attacked the marchers and attacked John Lewis, who was, the, who was one of the leaders of the march. Lewis later testified in court that he was knocked to the ground and a state trooper then hit him in the head with a nightstick. When Lewis shielded his head with a hand, the trooper hit Lewis again as he tried to get up. Weeks earlier, King had scolded Life magazine photographer Flip Shulk for trying to assist protesters who were knocked to the ground by authorities instead of snapping away, saying, quote, 
The world doesn't know this happened because you didn't photograph it. Close quotes. That's Martin Luther King to a photographer from Life magazine. He's like, don't help them. Yeah. Show the world what's happening. Yeah. I mean, you, I get both sides of the argument. I really do. Oh, I it's think like, like I, I totally get where Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. is coming from. And I totally get where the photographer is coming from and being like, I can't just watch people get beaten. Yes. I, I simply, there are more important things. things. You know, there are children here. Like, yeah. I, but I also get from Martin Luther King's perspective of like, if you don't, if we don't have proof, they're never going to believe us. Right. And even honestly, when we do have proof, they're going to try to spin they're, it as though like, and this, we see this today, like there's so much proof and yet it's always spun of like, well, they were being aggressive. They were not obeying orders, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, but I, it's, it's interesting that you see this argument starting here in, when is this? 1965 of like, yeah. you have to have proof that it's happening because our bloodied bodies aren't enough. This time, however, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, television cameras captured the entire assault and transformed the local protest into a national civil rights event. It took hours for the film to be flown from Alabama to the television network headquarters in New York. But when it aired that night, Americans were appalled at the sights and sounds of Bloody Sunday. In Washington, Congress people of both parties voiced support for legislation with the power to stop the violence and guarantee voting rights for all citizens in places like Selma. Around 9.30 p.m., ABC newscaster Frank Reynolds interrupted the network's broadcast of Judgment at Nuremberg, <laughs> which is a, a movie about Nazi no. bigotry and war crimes and moral culpability in the Holocaust. A star-studded movie. A star-studded movie history, Darkom says. It, it felt like a moment that needed to have gravity and, and like, the star-studded yeah. movie felt because, like it because made a little... Because we have to let the people know that to stop to stop the broadcast of this movie is is bigger than you think it is. Because this was a star-studded cast. This wasn't was just, second. you know, your everyday m- movie about Nazi bigotry and war crimes. This is Hollywood A-listers. Right, but also, like, what a movie to stop. Like, to stop a movie about the Nuremberg trials. Mm-hmm. To turn to, on, to bring on what yeah. happened five hours ago in Selma, Alabama, which yeah. is, like, I, I mean, the, at least it wasn't, you know, I don't even know, like, you know, some rom-com by Neil Simon or something. Yeah. If you're already watching The Judgment at Nuremberg, you're, you're at least in a headspace where if you see something disturbing, you yes. know, it won't be quite as a culture shock. Yeah. Nearly 50 million Americans who had tuned into the film's long-awaited television premiere couldn't escape the historical echoes of Nazi stormtroopers in the scenes of the rampaging state troopers down in Selma. Quote, the juxtaposition struck like psychological lightning in American homes, said Gene Roberts and Hank Klibanoff in The Race Beat. Yeah. The connection wasn't lost in Selma either. When a local store was finally empty of customers, one shopkeeper confided to Washington Star reporter Haynes Johnson about the city's institutional racism. The shopkeeper said, quote, everybody knows it's going on, but they try to pretend they don't see it. I saw Judgment at Nuremberg on the late show the other night, and I thought it fits right in. It's just like Selma. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the aftermath. So America is outraged because they've seen live footage of this very disturbing event that happened. So outrage at Bloody Sunday swept the country. 
Sympathizer staged sit-ins, traffic blockades, and demonstrations in solidarity with the voting rights marchers. Some even traveled to Selma, where two days later, Martin Luther King Jr. attempted another march, but, to the dismay of some demonstrators, turned back when troopers again blocked the highway at the Edmund Pettus Bridge. On March 18, 1965, a federal district judge, who was also Wallace's college friend, named Frank Johnson, sanctioned a second protest march from Selma to Montgomery. Alabamians? Alabamians? I know. Alabamians? Who knew? knew? (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that before. Alabamians? It's like Michiganders. What? The people of Alabama were indignant at yet another intrusion of the federal government into local affairs. Wallace refused to spend any state funds on providing protection for the demonstrators, sending his approval ratings in his home state soaring. Oh, good. President Johnson countered by federalizing the Alabama National Guard. So President Johnson's like, fuck you, George Wallace. Mm -hmm. I'll provide the security. How about that? In like a big dick swing. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's Lyndon Johnson. You know, he was like, okay, I'll so I'll show you who the bigger I'll show you who the bigger man is. Yep, yep. Give me one second. Yeah, you forget that I'm the president of the uh-huh. United States, and that I have no problem peeing in front of my staff. So, the third march started on March 21st with protection from a thousand military policemen and two thousand army troops. Thousands of people joined along the way to Montgomery with roughly 25,000 people entering the Capitol on the final leg of the march. So we finally have a successful march from start to finish. And it's truly, honestly, mostly because President Johnson actually sent security so they wouldn't, they could actually make it there. Yeah. Once they reached the Capitol on March 25th, they brought a petition for Governor George Wallace which I am sure he met with. (laughs) He was like, awesome. Welcome a plume. (laughs) First, that'll be on the top of my list to read. Exactly. Only a few months later, Congress passed the Voting Rights Act, which President Johnson signed into law on August 6, 1965. The Voting Rights Act was designed to eliminate legal barriers at the state and local level that prevented African-Americans from exercising their right to vote under the 15th Amendment after nearly a century of unconstitutional discrimination. So that's the positive. Of course, we have talked about often what has happened to the Voting Rights Act since this moment. Oh, yes. But it was at least something for a while good came out of this. Yep. (laughs) And, um... George Wallace can eat it in hell. <laughs> Just. Especially because, like, have you seen a picture of George Wallace? Uh, it's been a while. Doesn't he look like a gnome or something? He looks like he looks like somebody who's a piece of shit. Yeah. He looks like. Hold on. Let me... I know. I'm like, I got to pull this up. Haven't haven't looked at him in a while. I know. Who was the senator who was also yeah. Strom? Was it Strom Thurmond who was the asshole senator? Or not? Um, um, Who am I thinking of? Oh, yeah. Strom Thurmond. Filibuster of the Civil Rights Act. Uh-huh. Not him. Ah, Strom. Yeah, not him. With a name like Strom, how can you possibly be good? Ugh. How can you possibly not be an asshole? 
Strom. Like, Strom. 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 It's one of those names that I'm like, where did that come from? Like, that's not a... Oh, I'm sure it's it's it has to be Eastern European. It feels Eastern European. Oh, it does feel Eastern European. Yes. In in origin. Like Strom von Sarsgaard or something. Yeah. Right? He's, like- he's the missing Skarsgard kid. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't wanna I don't wanna lump him in with that. The Skarsgards seem like really lovely people. I don't wanna lump him in with them. No, 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 no. That's not true. But it's just no, you're right. No, no. It feels Strom, like that. Strom is on his own. Yep. He's on his own. We have no we have no patience for Strom Thurman. We have no patience for George no. Wallace. No. But yeah, the, the, Strom can also go on the, the enemies list. Yes. Enemy of the show, Strom Thurman, everybody. So with that said, that is our episode on Bloody Sunday. So thanks for, for listening and learning with us on this heavy topic. And as always, as I said at the top, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please rate and review and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.